All right. Well, we're uh, we're plugging along in uh, in Revelation. So let's see if we can pick up the pace a little bit and get some stuff covered. We're in uh, chapter eight of uh, of Revelation, and uh, I don't have my connector cord. I left it uh, somewhere. I think I left it in a classroom in Houston uh, the week before the freeze. So uh, if if I can't find it on Tuesday, then I'll have to get another one. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so we don't have the screen, but we can see the folks online. Um, all right, so Revelation chapter uh, chapter eight. Okay. Um, quick review. We've done this so many times. Um, so one nineteen sets out the the book. Right, things which you have seen, the things which are, the things which will take place after these things. Things which you have seen, one through chapter one, one through eighteen. Things which are, chapters 2 and 3, that's the letters to the seven churches. And the things which will take place after these things, that's uh, chapters 4 through the end of the book, right? Uh, and after these things, I looked and saw and so forth. Okay. Um, go ahead, question. Yeah, so, so uh, the things which you have seen is 1, 1 through 18. The things which are is chapters 2 and chapters 3. That's the letters to the seven churches, right? Um, and then the things which will take place after these things, that's 4 through 22. Okay. Now, the return of Christ uh, is in what chapter? Eight, uh, 19. Yeah, chapter 19, verse 11. Uh, he returns, sets up his kingdom. And then chapter 20 is the millennial, millennial kingdom, thousand-year reign of Christ. And then at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ, Satan is loosed for a while, uh, judged, and then the new heavens and new earth is chapters 21 and 22. Okay, So that section, 19, 20, 21, and 22, are chronological. Um, chap chapters 4 up until chapters 19, so 4 through 18, goes through the 70th week of Daniel. Is everybody familiar with 70th week of Daniel? The, the 70th seven-year period that was foretold in the book of Daniel. Uh, and this... Uh, uh, the, the book goes through um, three times through that 70th week. Chapters 4 through chapter 10 is one pass. Chapters 11 through uh, 16 is the second time through. And then, uh, I say 16, then 17 and 18, the last, uh, the last pass through. Okay. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Uh, because, because Bayless and Klingler are idiots. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty... <laughs> well. Here and, and here's what we said. Here's what we said before. Look, um, actually, I was talking with uh, with back and forth with Dr. Bayless yesterday. Um, we have both benefited from um, from other idiots. Yeah, uh, Dr. Uh, so Lewis Berry Chafer founded the seminary in 1923. Um, one of, uh, he had two co-teachers with him there. One was uh, Dr. Pentecost, uh, who was at the seminary for 65 years. Um, so, so, so he came while Dr. Schaefer, um, uh, uh, Lewis Berry Chafer was still at the seminary. Uh, and uh, then John Walverd, was there forever. Um, other names that you, uh, 
C.I. Schofield used to teach there. Um, um, Charles Riley taught uh, there. Uh, and so these were their systematic, systematic uh, theology professors. Uh, and so uh, uh, Dr. Toussaint and Dr. Uh, uh, Howard Hendricks, do you know that name? Howard Hendricks was there for over 60 years. Dr. Toussaint was there for 50-something years. Um, and uh, and then Dr. Pentecost was there for 60-something years. And, and then other guys, uh, you know, th these were the guys that I got to study under. So, and I got to study under them at the end of their teaching career. Uh, and so they had been listening to, you know, idiots for 60 years before I showed up. And so they knew how to handle me. <laughs> they were very patient. Uh, but Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Bayless uh, also was there during that time. Uh, and so we both got to study under men who've been, so, so when you add up all of the, the years, you know, there's gosh, five, 600 years worth of teaching in the professors that I, that I took. And so we get to kind of start in some ways where they ended up, if that makes sense. Certainly we get a, a faster, uh, you know, ramp up time. Um, and all that to say, and we were talking yesterday uh, that what we've come to realize is that um, we've kind of the, the study, the Bible study. Um, you know, everybody. There was a time when um, it was we want to uh, to study the Bible, study the Bible, study the Bible, and somewhere along the way, Bible study became central, and Bible reading kind of went away. Right? Uh, we study. The scriptures, but we don't read them. Okay, so we study doctrines, we study, you know, eschatology, we study salvation or Calvinism, but we don't read anymore. And I've found that the more that I read, the more it makes sense. Right? Uh, even in our, uh, you know, English translation of, you know, good English translation, um, there is no substitute for reading. The scriptures. I'm telling my students, uh, we have this app, you've seen it, I usually have it up, where you can delete all the chapters, the chapter headings, and all the verse headings. Just delete it all and read it. And it's amazing how that changes your understanding, right? You actually, something changes in your brain where you actually think that this sentence has something to do with the last sentence, right? Mm -hmm. It's not verses, it's sentences. And what he's saying in one sentence has something to do with what he's saying in the next sentence. Um, and, um, and, and so Bible student, I don't know, uh, you just read, read the story, you read, read the scriptures and you say, oh, this is still talking about the same thing. And every book's still talking about the, the same story, moving the same story along to the end. Uh, and so when we get to a, a book like Revelation, where we've got 65 previous books, and this author is going to refer to all of those other books, then having read those other books is really important, right? Uh, and so um, we're still trying to, you know, be better readers of the, the scriptures, even after being trained by folks with hundreds and hundreds of years of stuff, because in some ways we were trained to be Bible students rather than Bible readers, right? And so we're trying to get back to reading the scriptures well, just reading them. I, I was—I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. 
I was teaching a class in, uh, uh, I don't know, was San Antonio or Austin. It was somewhere west. Um, and uh, and I, I was telling the class that what our Bible, what our Bible department actually is doing when you cut all the fluff is is remedial reading. Okay, sound out the big words. You know, so assume that one sentence has something to do with the next. Uh, and a lady said something. I said, "That's it. It's it's not remedial reading. It is reading comprehension." Right. Um, and so Dr. Bayless and I were talking last night that um, that reading the scriptures and and having the scriptures read to the people in a way that you understand, you, you know, if someone understands what Paul's saying and then you read it, um, the emphasis is in the right places, if that makes sense. Right. Um, if you, if you uh, de-emphasize the wrong syllable, it doesn't make much sense. Right. I mean, it, you know, uh, and so when you understand what Paul's trying to say, it, it it makes perfect sense. So, so the book of Revelation isn't anything new. It's actually something very, there is some new revelation in it, obviously. Uh, but most of the imagery is old imagery. Most of the language is, is previously revealed. Okay. So uh, when we get to chapters uh, now, okay. So, so here's the problem that we run into almost. And I'm teaching a course uh, this in DC. Uh, it's Bible study methods. Did you hear that? Bible study methods. What is that? Okay. Um, we do this ridiculous thing where we we make them uh, do. You know, we say, okay, it's observation, interpretation, correlation, application, right? And maybe you've done this in a Bible study class, right? So now you got to go make observations. So we tell them go make twenty five observations of a verse, and then go make twenty five more, and then make twenty. I'm like, who does this? When have you ever done that in anything you've ever read? And then you read a sentence and then you say, okay, now apply it to your life. When have you ever read a sentence and applied it to your life, right? For, for <laughs> yeah. That's about it, right? Uh, and that, and it's, it's, it's not related to any other, anything else. So, so, uh, so that's really dysfunctional reading. That's not how you read. You read the whole whatever it is, and you read it to the end, and then you go, okay, now what do we do with this, right? Um, in light of what Paul had to say to Philemon about some slave that deserves, okay, so what, okay, does this, how does, this, does this relate to us? How does it relate to us? That type of thing. Does that make sense? So, um, so lose, lose the Bible study, and, and I would say... Um, a lot of what we're doing is we're trying to get remove all the stuff that Bible scholars have put into place that have that have not allowed people to read the scriptures plainly. And so then you have to go to a study. We're going to do a you know a, a gospel of John study, a gospel of written by somebody else. And I'm going, no, wait a second. Uh, let me get this right. I've got a the only way I can read this is by reading that. Did you catch that? The only way I can understand this is to read that. I'm going, well, then how am I supposed to understand that? Well, this you can just read it plainly, but this you can't. I'm going, whoa, 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 there's something wrong here. Right? Uh, and so just read it. Just, just read it. 
Just read it. Uh, Ma'am, do you have a inter- Yes. Are you here? Yes. I got out of the truck. Uh, this is uh, the uh, Klingler cash. Don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so, so in, in a lot of ways, especially those of us who've been raised in church, you, you've been taught to, to do something with the Bible. And you say, okay, do you read anything else you ever read the way you read the Bible? Say, well, no. Well, why? Doesn't that seem like a question that you ought to ask? Why am I reading this differently than I read anything else? I say, well, because it's inspired. It's the word of God. Well, let me, let me cover that for a second. In church history, the church recognized that what they're reading was inspired. It wasn't a presupposition they came to the text with. They read it. Now, how did they read it? Well, they just read it like anything else, right? And they said, wait a second. This is different than, any, than that. The gospel of Matthew is different than the gospel of St. Thomas, right? This aligns things with everything that's been said before. This doesn't. Therefore, we recognize this as canonical, right? So, so the church recognized. The church didn't determine what was canonical. The church recognized what was canonical. Uh, you know what I mean by canonical? That which belonged in the scriptures, canon. Okay, And this is what Israel did in the Old Testament. Every prophet that came along, were there false prophets in Israel? Of course there were. They were everywhere. Right? Uh, how did they recognize this prophet as being a true prophet of God? Because his words matched the words of Moses. They matched the words of uh, previous prophets who matched the words of Moses. Everything went back to Moses. Okay? And when Jesus comes on the scene, uh, how were they to evaluate Jesus' words and works? Did his words and works match those which were foretold before, right? Do you remember how Paul begins the book of Romans, right? Uh, Paul, an apostle of God, set apart of, uh, by the gospel. So, so look over to Romans chapter 1. Listen, listen to, to what Paul says. Paul, an apostle a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called as an apostle, and set apart. Set apart from who? From everybody else. For the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand. Through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, which was, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, and was declared the son of God, but with power by the resurrection from the dead, right? So the, the gospel was promised beforehand by the prophets, right? If Hebrews does the same thing. God, uh, uh, look at Hebrews chapter one. Turn over to Hebrews chapter one. Why am I going through all this? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. Because um, the last thing I want you to do is um, think that, uh, well, let me, let me make the point. Hebrews chapter one. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets. So how did God speak to the fathers? In the prophets, through through the prophets, right? Um, In many portions and in many ways. In these last days, has spoken through son, through his son. Now, um, 
how do we know what his son said and what his son did? Because the apostles saw it. The disciples followed him. They saw his words. They uh, heard his words. They saw his works, and they revealed it. Right? Um, do you have access to the apostles' words? Yeah. Where? Right here. Um, now, direct access? Well, kind of. Um, it's translated. Now, who translated the Bible? Well, there, there's, there's people in the church who learn Greek uh, and learn Hebrew, uh, and then they come together uh, and they make a new American standard and new, you know, net Bible, uh, ESV and NIV, whatever. So there's, there are others in the body of Christ who are doing translations so that you can read it. Now, is it perfect? Well, no, it'd be better if you could read it in the Greek, if you knew Greek and could read it in the Greek or in the Hebrew, but you know, it, it's, it's not bad. I would say it gets you 90, high 90% of the way there. Um, and so you, you can read it. Right? You don't need um, a study. You don't need to, to, um, uh, to have someone tell you what it says. I think my job is to tell you um, to read it and to remove all those things so that you actually do read it. I remember one time we're sitting in class. Um, I'm going to out you, Todd. That's okay. Um, and, and Todd was, I think you were auditing. You were just sitting in on the class. He's sitting like, like right here in the middle, and, and we're going along, and, and he goes, oh, Klingler's not smart. He's just reading it. And, and he realized he blurted that out. He's like, uh-oh. I said, no, no, that, that's exactly, that's the point, Right. Uh, you just read it. Um, we all have equal access to these words. Right? Uh, now, if you're willing to learn Greek and Hebrew, you can gain even greater access. Uh, but it's still really good in a New American Standard. You know, whatever. Does, that, does that make sense? Okay. All right. All that to say um, that the extent to which you can make sense of Revelation is the extent to which you understand the first 65 books. And there are some things that, that John is going to say in the 66th book that haven't been said in the previous 65 books. And if he doesn't explain what that means, then your guess is as good as mine. I don't have some magic eight ball to try to discern, you know, um, magic eight ball. Does John mean this? Try back later. Um, <laughs> I... I, I you know, your guess is as good as mine. I don't, I don't know what to do with it. So, so I'm trying to see, as, is John referring to something that has been said before? Right? The, the more that I know what's been said before, the more I'll recognize when that's been said before. Does that make sense? So that's one possibility. The second possibility is he's saying something that he said previously in the book and already explained it. Okay? Um, and so all we're trying to do, we're actually doing this backwards, and I told you this when we started. When we started in the 66th book, we got to reteach 65 books so that you can understand the 66 book. Right? Um, so I'm just trying to describe the story, the story to you. Uh, and everything that's leading up to the 66th book, um, let's go back to the first 39 books. Okay, the first 39 books, just think with me out loud here. The first 39 books are called the Old Testament, Old Covenant. 
Okay, who is the old covenant with? And, yeah, between Israel and the Lord, okay? How'd that go? Not good. Now, why was Israel chosen? Chosen, that's a funny word. Chosen from who? How about that? Chosen from the nations to do what? Yeah, to be a light to the Gentiles, to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, right? Uh, that God was going to reveal himself to this people. And then uh, through this people, the nations would know. How'd that go? Not good, Not good right? Uh, what did Israel do? They rebelled. Now, was there a provision or provisions in the covenant that Moses wrote, that Israel agreed to, that would spell out, if you do this, Israel, then this will happen? Yeah, it, yeah, it's Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26. We call it the blessings and the curses chapter, right? And so when Israel's disobedient, God's going to judge them. He's going to discipline them. Why? For what purpose? To get them to return to the Lord. Now, see, uh, they would go follow other gods, uh, and he would get them to shuve, to return to the Lord. Uh, and then he would return them to the land. So they go follow other gods. He judges them. He kicks them out of the land. War, famine, death, pestilence, you know, scattered, dispersed among the nations uh, until they would repent and return. Okay. Now, we're told uh, very early by Moses in the story that Israel's going to reject the Lord. They're going to go follow other nations. And because of their rejection, it's going to be so bad um, in their following other gods, that the Lord is going to go to those nations and bring those peoples to himself as a witness and testimony back to Israel. That you, Israel, will hear the gospel through a foreign tongue and a stammering lip. Foreign tongue, what does that mean? Through the nations. You're going to hear the gospel back through the nations, right? And this is what's happened in the New Testament. Okay, but... God is faithful, and he's going to keep his promises. He's going to keep his promises that he made to Israel. Right? And so this story is finishing with the restoration of Israel. It's pretty simple, right? Uh, and so in chapters, uh, chapter 6 are these seal judgments, uh, seals. Do you remember where the seals, we talked about the seals, that in, uh, in Jeremiah chapter 23, back in the story of Jeremiah somewhere, <laughs> Jeremiah is told, go buy, go buy a field. Now, remember, who's Jeremiah in the story? Jeremiah is a prophet right before the Babylonians come and destroy the place, okay, and haul them off. So the dumbest thing, to, you talk about a bad investment, would be buying land in Israel when they're about to get kicked out of the land. That's, that's a, <laughs> how to lose money quickly, right? This is a bad uh, investment opportunity. Uh, so he goes, he buys the land, he gets the land deed, and he is told to bury it. And the reason why he's told to bury it is because Israel is going into exile. And so what he is doing individually signifies what's going to happen to Israel nationally, right? Uh, and so bury the deed because Israel is being sold into captivity. And when that deed is good is when Israel will be uh, restored back to the land, okay? So the seals uh, are, 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 are there, there's... Uh, the, the scroll or the, the land deed is sealed and buried. And now who can reclaim the land for Israel? Only the lamb. This is in chapter six. Okay, so the seals are broken. 
And the seals are these judgments being poured out upon Israel to get them to repent and return. Okay. Uh, in chapter seven, does that make sense? In chapter seven, then uh, you have the um, uh, the 144,000 are uh, sealed. Now that's a, that's a different word for for seal. Okay. Uh, and we talked about that seal. What, what are they sealed with? We talked about this, I think, two weeks ago. It's language that goes all the way throughout the, the Bible, uh, that these words are to be very near to you. They're be, to be in your heart and on your tongue. Okay, uh, They are to be uh, as frontals on your forehead and on your hand. Okay, uh, And so what the law failed to do, the law failed to write the law in their heart. Okay, because they had a heart of stone. They, Israel was going to be told they're going to have a heart of flesh. How was that law going to be written on their heart? Through the Spirit, right? The ministry of the Spirit, the Spirit does what the law failed to do. The, the, the job of the law in the Old Testament was for Israel to recognize their sin, that the law was added because of transgression, so that they would recognize their sin and they would be driven to Christ. Didn't work. So now the ministry of the Spirit is doing what the law failed to do. It is convicting the world of sin, right? That's how you came to faith in Christ uh, without knowing the law. You didn't know the law. You just knew you were evil, <laughs> that there was a righteous God and you weren't that. Uh, and so you recognize your sin, not really even knowing what it was, right, or the extent of it. Uh, and you were convinced that Jesus was the Christ. And you don't even know what that means. Most of our seminary students have graduated. They don't even know what it means. Jesus is the Christ. I don't know. He's, he's the good guy who saves the day. <laughs> you don't need it. They don't know about hypostatic union. You might not know what hypostatic union is. I, mean, I have no idea. Fully God, fully man, fully, you know, how's that work? I have no idea. Um, born of a virgin. Huh? How's that work? I don't know. I mean, you go down the list of things that you, that we believe about Christ. I don't know. But the ministry of the Spirit convicted you of your sin, convinced you that Jesus is Christ, you believed. Right? Uh, and so uh, this was gone, the gospel, the good news of the redemption of Christ, the salvation that is in Christ, salvation from the wrath of God, which is to come in Christ. You believed it. And so now we have faith-seeking understanding. But God is going to keep his promises to Israel. And so he has sealed these 144,000 uh, Jews that are going to not be harmed by the judgment that is to come. I was thinking about this. You know, um, we, we've gone through the, you know, great freeze of last week. Uh, we've been through the, you know, 2020 and that train wreck that was a year. And I was looking at the death toll from COVID worldwide, you might know what this is. It's like two and a half million uh, people worldwide. Um, on the continent of Africa in year, I don't remember what, it, I was looking at like year eight, 2018 or something, over 8 million di people died of infectious diseases um, like malaria and AIDS, right? Um, uh, things that were, we don't even deal with here. So four times more people died in one continent in one year than have died worldwide in this. Um, we're going to see this judgment of God coming upon the earth, and a third of the world population dies. Do you know how many people are on the earth right now? 
eight billion, seven point something something billion, billion. Okay, uh, a third of those, right? So let's just say you know two and a half billion with a B. Okay, so two and a half million die of COVID um, <clears throat> times ten. Ten times that would be what? Five million. A hundred times that. Two hundred and fifty. A thousand times that. We're, we're getting ridiculous numbers here, right? Um, a third of the population. Do you know how many? Funerals, that is? All at once? I remember thinking through the Exodus. Remember the Exodus, and then Israel re rejects the Lord in the wilderness. And, and uh, you know, depending upon how you number this thing, there's a few million. Uh, in 40, there was like thousands of funerals every single day. All they did was go to funerals every day, burying people. Dead, 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 dead. And this, the stench of death was everywhere. And that was nothing compared to what's come. This is the, the wrath of God being revealed on the earth. I don't even know what you mean. Mass graves? I don't know how you do this. This is. There's not enough surface, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do with this, right? But yeah, well, it's all going to go up in flames, right? This is where this thing's headed. So, 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 um, so, this is where this story's headed. So, when we get to chapter eight, right? And now these trumpets are being sounded. These trumpets are these judgment upon the nations being poured out upon the nations to let my people go, and they're not going to repent. They're still not going to repent. I want you to think about that. Um, there's a, uh, there's a theology uh, that, that is um, probably, it was introduced very early in the church. Uh, it's not new. Uh, it came to be known as Pelagianism. Uh, and what Pelagius believed was that um, basically uh, you save yourself, right? That you have to believe, you know, you have to recognize some things and you have to come to faith and it's all on you. Your faith is on you. The church recognized that was heretical. Uh, they recognized that man was depraved. How depraved? So depraved that man is dead okay? and unable to save themselves. And so that salvation is an act of God. It is God initiated. It is not human initiated. Left to your own devices, your own desires, you would not save yourself. All right. You would not recognize you're not God, uh, and you're not running the joint. Okay, <laughs> basically that's how it, how it would work. Uh, and so, in the church, uh, a new form of Pelagianism comes in a guy named Charles Finney, uh, who's teaching the same thing. And he's introduced. It was he was an American uh, evangelist in the Second Great Awakening. If you're familiar with this uh, in the church, he's up there in uh, well up up there in the Northeast. Uh, and uh, and so much of what we believe in the church was influenced by by uh, Charles Finney, a new form of 
Pelagianism, where you have to to save yourself. Um, You can't save yourself. I think that our job is to just give up. Stop faking it. You're not faking anybody out. (laughs) I'm amazed at how wicked I am to the core. I don't think it shocks anybody around me. I just think it shocks me because I'm self-deceived. Right? Uh, and, uh, and so God is faithful. Uh, and, he, and so these people who are rejecting the Lord, you think, oh, well, they're just going to be in hell, you know, just mourning the fact that, no, they're not. You're going to be saying, I still hate your guts. I hate you more than ever. Think about that. And that's where we would be if not through the ministry of the Spirit, to convict us of our sin and to drive us to next week's sermon, humility. Take as many as you can with you. Kill them all. And when you go on Satan's team, it's not like he's nice to you all of a sudden. He still wants you dead as much as any of right? And so this this is this character that does not repent. Um, because it cannot repent, because it will not repent. Okay. Now, how does that affect us in the gospel? Um, we don't know those who will repent. We don't know those that will, who will be convicted by the Spirit. Correct? Um, but here's what we do know. I, there's a couple things I do know. Number one, There is no salvation apart from the Spirit. God works. Spirit convicts. Man believes. Um, And somehow they they believe through hearing the gospel. So the Spirit works alongside of the proclamation of the gospel. I don't get that. Uh, That God has chosen in his sovereign plan to use the words of God spoken through men to other men to convict them of their sin by the ministry of the Spirit. And that somehow God is moved by the prayers of a righteous man, of a righteous woman. So let me get this right. So the Spirit convicts you. The Spirit moves you to pray for another for sin um, for their salvation. And then the spirit, which moved you to pray, moves them to <coughs> conviction. Uh, and through the, I, I don't, all I know is we do our part. We pray, uh, we proclaim the gospel and we love people and let the chips fall where they may. And God's going to save who he's going to save. And I'm, I'm good with that because the alternative is for me to be running the joint, and I don't, want, I don't want me running the joint, and I certainly don't want you running the joint, especially you, Mike. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> you with me? You do a good job. You probably do better than me, right? But I don't want me uh, on the switch, because I'd be zapping everybody, right? I'd have wiped out ERCOT last week, and <laughs> windmills, boom, zap them all. Well, what about the guy? Zap them all, too, you know, just white, I'd be blasting stuff. Anyway. It wouldn't go well. Uh, so we just do our part. But, but we're seeing God is faithful. Now, throughout the ages, throughout uh, the story, from righteous uh, Abel all the way through the story, the prayers of the saints are going up before the Father. He's not forgetting them. Okay? They're being gathered. 
uh, the prayer for uh, righteousness, for justice to come. It's not coming yet. If you're waiting for justice, you're going to wait. You're going to wait until the return of Christ. And I'm not so sure, I was telling my class this last week, I'm not so sure justice is what I want. Yeah, I, yeah. just give me the big load of grace. Let's just leave the justice aside, because if it's justice, uh, it's not going to go well for me, but for Christ. Right? But for Christ. Uh, but justice is coming. Right? Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And so throughout the whole story, you get this um, uh, exhortation by the prophets, by David. Do not fret when evildoers prosper. Are they prospering? Of course they are. Should we worry? No. Why? Because their day's coming. The Lord sees it, and it's coming, right? Well, this is the day's coming. And so we say, all right, Lord, bring it on. And then you read it, and you go, Ooh, I don't know that I want that. I don't know that I want that even on the my enemies, right? Um, but the wrath of God poured out. Let, read this. Look at chapter 8. Uh, when uh, he broke the seventh seal, remember we've had six seals up to this point, uh, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And I saw seven angels who stand before God, and the seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar, holding the golden censer. And much incense was given to him that he might uh, add to it the prayers of all the saints upon the uh, golden altar, which were before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and he filled it with the fire of the altar and threw it to the earth. Right. So now the judgment is coming to the earth. The prayers are being fulfilled, and uh, the followed, uh, uh, and there followed peals of thunder and sounds of flashes of lightning and earthquake. And the seven angels, who had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound them. And the first sounded, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood. Can you imagine this? And they were thrown down to the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up. We're whining about, you know, a few days of little ice and a third of the earth is burned up. And a third of the trees were burned up and all the great, this is not going to go well for uh, our, um, uh, yeah, for, yeah, and for all of our people, environmentalists, they're, they're not, they're not going to be happy with us. Right? Um, I, I tell people, I told you, yeah, global warming is real. It's coming. Uh, yeah, it's going to be immediate. And it's, uh, man caused. Yeah, they they brought it on themselves. I don't think it has to do with burning fuel. I think it has to do with being wicked. But anyway, the second angel sounded, uh, sounded the trumpet, and something like a great mountain burned with fire thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Can you imagine the stench of that? And the third angel sounded, and a great star fell, fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and the springs of water. And the name of the star was Wormwood. And a third of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. And a fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were smitten 
so that a third of them might be dark darkened, and the day might not uh, and the, uh, the day might not shine for a third of it, and the night in the same way. A third of the sun. What would that do with the temperature? I wonder. I think that we'd be thankful for a seven degree day. <laughs> and I looked and heard an eagle flying in mid heavens, saying with a loud voice, "Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth, because of the remaining blast of the trumpet." The, Worse than what's come? Yeah. The fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star, uh, a star from heaven, which had fallen to the earth, and the key to the bottomless pit was given to him. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke went up from the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and, uh, and the air were darkened by the pit, the smoke of the pit. And out of the smoke came forth locusts upon the earth, and the power was given to them, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And they were told that they should not hurt the grass of the land, the earth, the land, uh, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. In other words, those who weren't saved. And they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment them for five months. And their torment was like the torment of scorpions that sting a man. Have you ever been stung by a scorpion? No. Well, that's just joyous fun. Yeah. Uh, you and be stung with them again and again, but you can't die. Uh, it gets to the point in the story where they're saying, kill us, fall on us. No, no. I like this part. Well, I, I hear, I hear, uh, you know, some, I don't know, some monster who's out raping people and, women and kill you know torturing kids or something yeah let me in charge of the 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 punishment for that one cruel and unusual punishment they ain't seen nothing yet i, I could do that i think i could do that uh and then you read this and you go yeah i'm not so sure i'm for that sounds good talk big until you actually hear this and in those days men will seek death and will not find it and they will long to die and death flees from them. And the appearance of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. And on their heads, uh, as it were, crowns like gold. And their faces were like the faces of men. And they had hair like the hair of women. And their teeth were like the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates uh, like breastplates of iron. And the sound on their wings like the sound of chariots of many horses rushing to battle. Uh, is this to be taken literally? I don't know. I don't have any reason why it's not to be taken literally. These are some ugly looking little things. <laughs> so David, when all of this is going on, the people that do not have the skill of God that are at any point do they have the opportunity to say, please God, I don't Yes, but they don't. Right? Uh and they did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their immortality, nor of their thefts. They don't repent. Chapter, uh, last verse of chapter, uh, chapter nine. They do not repent. Wow. I don't, yeah. <clears throat> um, the tails of scorpions. They had the tails of scorpions that stings and their tails, uh, the power to hurt men for five months. 
they have uh, as king over them an angel of the abyss. Uh, the name in Hebrew is Ab- Abaddon. Uh, and Greek, his name was uh, Apollyon. The first woe is past. The first woe? Two more are still coming? The sixth angel sounded, uh, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, uh, one uh, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released so that they might kill a third of mankind. 2.5 billion with a B people. Yeah, it's going up. Yeah. Yeah. And the number of the armies of the horsemen, 200 million. And I heard the number of them. And this is how I saw the vision of the horses and those who sat upon them. Uh, the the uh, riders had breastplates uh, of fire, and brimstone, and the heads of their horses, the heads of lions, and the mouths of the fire, smoke, and brimstone. And a third of mankind was killed by these three plagues by fire, by smoke, and brimstone, which proceeded out of their mouths. And the power of the horses uh, in their, uh, the, the power of the horses in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents on their heads um, uh, and uh, have heads uh, and with them to do harm. And the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the work of their hands, so as to worship demons and idols um, of gold and of silver and of brass and of stone and of wood, uh, which they can neither see nor hear nor walk. In other words, they worship dead things rather than the living God. And they didn't repent of their evil deeds, of their murders, of their sorceries, of their immortalities, nor of their thefts. And I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and the face was like the sun and his feet like the pillar of fire. And he had a little, uh, in his hand a little book, which was open, and he placed the, uh, his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he cried out with a loud, loud voice as a lion roars. And when it cried out, the seven peals of thunder uttered their voices. Uh, the seven peals of thunder. So, uh, so the thunder, when we get to the thunder, we're, now we're getting close to the return of Christ, right? The peals of thunder are right here at the return of Christ. Remember, we're taking this through to the end of chapter 10. Then we're going to go back and, and cycle back around. Uh, and when the seven peals of thunder had spoken, I was about to write. I heard the voice saying, seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder have spoken and do not write them. Okay, so what are the, what do they say? I don't know. <laughs> it says seal it up. Don't write it. And the angel who was standing on the sea... And on the land lifted up his right hand to heaven and swore by the name who lives forever and ever, who created the earth, uh, I'm sorry, created the heaven and the things in it and the earth and the things in it and the sea and the things in it, that there shall be a uh, delay no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when it's about to sound, the mystery of God was finished as he preached to his servants, the prophets. And the voice which I had heard from heaven, I heard speaking with me and saying, go take the book 
which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the seat on the land. And when I went to the angel telling him, give me the book, the little book, he said, take it and eat it and it will make your stomach bitter. Um, and in your mouth, it will be sweet as honey. And I took the book, which was out of the angel's hand and I ate it. It made my uh, mouth uh, sweet as honey. But when I'd eaten it, my, son, uh, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again concerning many peoples and many nations and many tongues and many kings, right? Uh, and so we're to the end. He eats the book. Now he's got to go back and retell the story. So apparently this is what's going on with the story. Go ahead. Yeah, ask whatever you want. I, you're willing to ask. I'm willing to say I have no idea. No, no. So, so, so the 144,000, if you go back a little earlier in chapter seven, these are uh, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, right? And these were sealed. These are the ones who are going to enter into the millennial kingdom, right? Um, and not be killed. Oh, there's, the, yeah, the myriads upon myriads. Every believer. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, so all of the saints throughout the Old Testament and all the saints throughout the New Testament time, those who are asleep in Christ now, that's the language that uses, those who are asleep in Christ. It doesn't mean that they're, it means their body is in the dirt and they're in the presence of the Lord. And when he returns that, so, so that's, we, we've seen pictures of them all the way through the book of Revelation up to this point, gathered around the throne, praying uh, how long, uh, until you've, you know, avenge our blood. How long, how long, how long? So, yes, they are secure. Uh, they are, they have been saved. They are saved. They will be saved from the wrath of God, which is to come. Uh, but they have not yet been made perfect yes, or complete. That. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So that's a Jehovah's Witness teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, yeah. So, if, so if I, so let's just play this. Well, I think we talked about this, play this out logically, right? No, no, that's okay. Absolutely. Like any questions, always for, um, yeah. Uh, so, so if I'm one of, if I think I'm one of the 144,000, I'm not telling you. Because <laughs> if you're better than me, then I might get kicked out, you know. And, and chances are really good you're better than me, so I'm not liking my chances, right? Uh, no, the 144,000 are those who are uh, old. Uh, these are these are Jews who were not saved when the rapture occurred. Yeah. They believed at the mid-trib point, and we're going to in chapter uh, 11. We're going to be introduced to these these two witnesses. Remember, we're going back 
to the 70th week. You know, these two witnesses are the ones that we find out are carrying out the seal judgments upon Israel to get them to repent. Israel does repent, but not all Israel makes it through the 70th uh, week, the 70, uh, seven-year tribulation. And many are killed uh, by, uh, by Antichrist. So, so the seal, uh, it, you know, these are sealed with the Spirit, right? Uh, and and the, the ones who recognize the seal, they're sealed so that the angels recognize them, so yeah. the angels don't, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And, they're, and they're the ones, that are, they're, they're going to enter into the kingdom. Now, the kingdom is not heaven. The kingdom is kingdom on earth. And all of the saints who are in uh, heaven return to the earth with Christ to establish the kingdom, and they reign with him for a thousand years. This is in chapter 20. Right? So the dead already that are saved are not part of the one Correct. And they too will reign. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think we talked about this. Yeah. Look look back. I think we talked about this. But, uh, but look. Yeah. Um, look at chapter seven. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter. Uh, no, 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 no. You, you look. The rules of this class. Any questions? Fine. Yeah. Yeah, that, which is which is fine, right? Um, look at chapter six, verse eleven. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, only only the old people understand that one. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, he was a good friend of mine. Um, one of the 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 things that just the the more of these, the more I teach uh, all of the books of the Bible. That's why one of the things I love about. Um, getting to teach uh, so many classes and all the books of the Bible all the time is that I'm continually struck by how death is not a concern for God, but it is a giant concern for us. Right? And, and death is not a giant concern for the apostles or for the prophets. It's just right. how I yeah. yeah. Well, and, and Paul's like, hey, beat me. This is a great deal. I get to suffer for Christ. I'm like, what's wrong with this guy, right? Uh, but listen to this. Um, uh, we talked about this. There's a, a this is the, after the fifth seal. This is in chapter six, verse nine. The fifth seal is broken and under the altar. I saw the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each of them a white robe. Remember, so these are the ones that are killed during the tribulation. Okay. Uh, those who are in the church were already given white robes in chapters two and chapter three. So they're they, so, so now the, those who are killed during the tribulation, they are joining those that, that have already uh, died in faith, right? And they, they've been given white robes as well. So now these were given white robes and they were told that they should rest for a little while longer. Listen to this. Until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, 
should be completed also. Um, God knows the number of those who are going to die for his name. And hear what I'm saying. Um, that's not a problem for him because he knows the end. right? And he is revealing to us the end. It shouldn't be a problem for us. Um, if our hope aligned with the hope of the apostles and prophets, I think the problem that we have today more than any time before, I really, I really believe this, is that we have more places to place false hope than any who've come before us. Right? Think about our lives. Uh, everything that we do is to alleviate the, 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 the fall, alleviate the uh, health care. Uh, all of your healthcare advances, all of your, uh, you know, heat and air conditioning. But we were talking about this during the, during the uh, this cold. Who could live like this? I mean, back in the day when there was no heating, no air conditioning, how did these people make it? Well, some of them didn't, right? Uh, you know, a lot of them died of all kinds of stuff, just the elements and and that type of thing. And yeah, they didn't have indoor plumbing, right? No. I mean, I was talking to my grandmother one day. Uh, this was before she passed. She was born in 1912. And this is 1912. That's pretty recent in world history, right? Uh, she was telling about, you know, when they got indoor electric and indoor plumbing. And when she saw her first automobile, she remembers it. You know, what, you know it was, it, they, were, they were early 1900s. They had automobiles, but everybody didn't have one, right? Um, the first time she saw an airplane, um, we can't do without any of this stuff for like 10 minutes. We complain. Uh, look, I was, I was chief offender, right? I was complaining every 15 minutes when that electric went out, me and Mike, a bunch of idiots. If they figure out what they're doing. They leave it on for a little while, you know, 15 minutes, you know, can't last for 15 minutes. Um, and so we have all these places to put false hope in. Um, in, in our, you know, our little inconveniences are big complaints now when, you know, most people throughout the history of the world, they knew exactly the smell of stench of death. They knew what rotting human flesh smelled like. Most of us have never smelled that. Uh, many places in the world, they still know that smell. We don't. Right? I can tell you I've smelled it once and I know. Yeah. Yeah. Smell some rotten cows and woof. Yeah, not good. Not good. Yeah. And so um so we're concerned about these things, and we've got this false hope in places. God's not concerned. The prophets aren't concerned. Paul's not, Paul's like, hey, beat me today. Great. Great day to be with Jesus. And then he's like, okay, well, then we're not going to beat you. Okay, then great day to tell people about Jesus. Okay, we're going to beat you almost to death. Okay, then a great day to suffer for Jesus. I'm going, what's wrong with this guy? It's not what's wrong with him. It's what's wrong with me because my beliefs don't align with his. He's got his hope in the right place. Right? And ours isn't in the right place.
Right? Uh, and so uh, God is faithful. He's bringing this thing to pass just as he planned. Uh, and he has not destined us for wrath, thankfully. Right? And so he's going to deliver believers from his wrath. Right? Which is good. I don't want to. I don't want to see this stuff. Right? I don't want to go through this. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. That sounds good until you read it. And you're going, whoa. Yeah. This is not good. Right. Uh, it's it, the chapter six is focused on bringing Israel to repentance. Okay. Um, so um, I, I try to think of it this way. Uh, God is on God's team and God wins. I love telling the story. Uh, this is in the book of Joshua when Israel takes the land uh, and then uh, they, they, they take the land and then in Samuel, right? Uh, Samuel's there and they're going to battle against the Philistines. This, so, so Israel's going to battle against the Philistines and Israel, and Israel thinks, well, if we take the Lord with us, we'll win. Right? So they take the Ark of the Covenant into battle and they get wiped out. Israel gets wiped out. Okay? And the Philistines take the Ark of the Covenant and they take it to their nation and they put it in all the different temples. It starts to make the rounds. So the, the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord's making the rounds, just wiping out the Philistines. Man, they're, you know, plagues and cancer and Dagon is, you know, they're like, get this thing out of here, man. So they load the Ark of the Covenant back on the wagon. They put two uh, oxen, uh, which was the required sacrifice to move the Ark of the Covenant. They put it on the wagon and they send it back over the hill to Israel. Man, get this thing out of here. And they send it back over the hill. And I, and I always think, you know, here comes the Lord over the hill going, I was wiping them out. Where'd you guys go? <laughs> Right? The Lord's on the Lord's side. So the question was, was Israel on the Lord's side or not? This is when the angel of the Lord appears to Joshua. This is in Joshua chapter, uh, chapter 5. Uh, and Joshua asks, are you for us or against us? And the angel of the Lord says, neither. Wrong question. <laughs> the question is not, am I for or against you? The question is, are you for or against me? Right? And so when the peoples have aligned themselves against the Lord, it's not going to go well for them. And so the Lord is saying, all right, you're mine, Israel. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to afflict you with these judgments, poured out by these two witnesses. And then my, through the ministry of my spirit, I will cause you to re repent and you will return to me. And then I'm going to put you behind me. All right? So you're in front of me. You're opposing me. Now I'm going to save you and put you behind me. Now the rest of you people, look out. Whoa. You don't want to be a part of, of the rest of those, right? That's not a good day for you. Uh, and this is the story we've just come through. Is that making sense? Tons. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm not trying to be. Yeah, no, that, no, that's exactly. So, so the the um, the nations, uh, the, the 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 sealed judgments, um, Israel is collected back into the land, uh, and the sealed judgments are poured out on Israel to get them to repent. Now they repent. Okay, uh, so think of this as this is the seventieth week. Uh, that begins with the uh, abomination of desolation or the firm covenant. Israel enters into um, covenant into uh, covenant with Antichrist, uh, and this is the first three and a half year period. Okay, uh, the two witnesses are are on the scene at this time, and they are pouring out the seal judgments on Israel to get them to repent. Okay. Um, at the middle of the 70th week is the what we call the abomination of desolation. And this is where Antichrist enters into the temple, declares himself to be God. Uh, and uh, right before this, uh, uh, the two witnesses are slain. They lay dead in the streets for three and a half days. Uh, then slain. they're killed. They're killed by Antichrist. And then, Antichrist, and then the voice of heaven uh, come up here. They stand up in the streets. Uh, they're they're ascend, just like you know, kind of like uh, abomination of desolation. Antichrist enters into the temple. Also at this time, uh, <coughs> Michael is waging war with Satan. Satan is cast down from heaven, and literally all hell breaks loose. Satan is on earth. Uh, Jesus warns his disciples: When you see the abomination of desolation. Let the reader understand. You run. You run into the wilderness. Why? Because he's coming to kill you. Right? And, and Michael's not defending you anymore. Right? Uh, and so they flee into the wilderness, and Israel is being persecuted uh, and put to death. Uh, and uh, here are the, uh, the trumpet judgments being poured out. Uh, the trumpets being poured out upon the, the nations to let my people go. Right? And so the trumpets are going to be happening all over the world. The trumpet judgments being poured out, the wrath of God being poured out all over the world, waiting for the return of Christ. And so this is the lightning bolt, the return of Christ here in chapter 19, uh, when Christ returns and delivers Israel, saves Israel, uh, and establishes the kingdom. So then we've got a thousand-year reign of Christ. Uh, with the return of Christ comes the saints who are in heaven. That says that's supposed to say saints. The saints uh, returning with Christ to establish the thousand year reign of Christ. Uh, during this time, Satan is bound. Right? So Satan is bound so that he cannot deceive the nations for a thousand years. At the end of the thousand years, he is loosed for a while. Uh, and there is uh, this uh, great end. And then the new heavens and the new earth. Okay. The judgment, when we talk about the judgment seat of Christ, we're talking about right here, judgment seat of Christ. They're sealed here. Uh, they're sealed here. Uh, so they're sealed right to salvation, and the 144,000 continue on into the kingdom. Others are being killed at the time, and they're joining the saints who are in heaven, given white robes, and they return with Christ to establish the kingdom. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, he returns. He returns. He wipes out all unbelievers at the time. Well, the saints. Now there are people being born during this time, right? Uh, and they got to decide what team they're on. And at the end of the thousand years, Satan is loosed and deceives many, and many join Satan's team. And uh, this is uh, the the final battle. Uh, Satan is uh, destroyed. Uh, uh, all those who, the white throne judgment is here. The white throne judgment is here. The judgment seat of Christ is here. This is to, to the rewards to to assign uh, posts in the kingdom. Uh, the white throne judgment. Now, at the end of this thousand years, now uh, all who have all unbelievers are raised, and they are judged by their deeds. You don't want to be judged by your deeds. You're, you're judged by deeds. You just don't want to be judged by your deeds. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is the white throne judgment. White throne judgment happens here at the end. White throne, white throne uh, judgment. Uh, this is uh, unbelievers. This is the second death. Okay. All believers are resurrected here. Uh, we're coming back. I don't know that he needs our help. We're, we're riding. So we're coming back on horses. See, so get your horse training. Right? Uh, 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 you're uh, returning with him. Uh, this is in chapter 19. Let me read this to you. Uh, so, so unbelievers are raised here. The rapture of the church. So remember, so back here is chapters two and three. Okay, so this 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 section here is four through eighteen. Return of Christ at chapter nineteen. Okay, so chapters two and chapter three. The, um, if the, so, all through this church age, there are people who are dying, and they are going to be with the Lord. Okay, their 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 bodies are down here, so we get dead people. Uh, their bodies are here, but their spirit is to be with the Lord. Okay? All who are alive and remain um, are raptured before this seventieth week begins. Okay. So, so all of the now, now the Lord has returned His focus to Israel, and so here Israel is being called to repentance. Israel has repented over here, and the the, the judgment is being poured out on the nations. Let my people go. So, judgment on the Gentiles. Yes. Okay, and then put the bowls. Yeah. So the bowl, the bowls are are right here at the return of Christ. Uh, the bowl judgments. These are this is when it gets really bad, and this is that right at the yeah. return. Is that the, uh, the, the, the bowls are against uh, all of it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to catch up to the bowls here uh, in chapter. Uh, uh, um, uh, chapter sixteen, bowl judgments.
Um, okay, so what, what's happening in the kingdom? The kingdom is as it was supposed to be back in the Old Testament, but never was. Okay? So Christ is, uh, is on his throne. So we have Christ here on his throne. Israel is in the land. And the nations are down here. Okay? Right? And the nations are being blessed through Israel. <laughs> Satan is bound. For a thousand. Yes. So, so the nations will will go visit the great king, who is in the great city, uh, and um, the the curses that are placed on creation are pulled way back. Uh, and so, if someone dies when he's a hundred years old, he died as a youth, right? You know. So, so life is going to be very kind of like back to the. Um, uh, the time of uh, of the patriarchs, the time you know, with no, you know, Methuselah. Methuselah. Yeah. So extended life. Um, you know, the the curses on the earth are pulled way back. But yeah, we'll be yeah we'll be good good looking again and all that. Really. Um, uh, uh-huh. And so I, I want to believe that she's going to be in heaven, but she doesn't worship Jesus. Uh-huh. So what's happened to her and all of that? She's worshiping a lot. Pray. Uh, for those who reject the Lord. Okay, so, yes. so all through the story, even back in the Old Testament, there are believers. And unbelievers, all yes. the unbelievers, let's put them down here. They will, they will all be resurrected here. Okay. And they will be judged by their deeds. By their deeds. So she could get in there. Now, if she believes, uh, uh, I don't know about that. Uh, okay. So, so if at any time she believes. Uh, she then, in, oh, well, if she believes in Allah, she's, she's not going to have it. She, she yeah. needs to believe in Christ. When, if, and when she believes in Christ, um, only during your life. Well, you pray for them. Pray that the Lord convicts them of, of their sin and all those things. So. So how will they hear? How will they believe if they do not hear? And how will they hear if they do not have uh, how the gospel presented to them? So that make sense? Tracking? All right. So it's all coming together for us. We're, we're seeing it. Okay. So we'll keep going back. Okay. So we're. Oh, you're going to, they're going to see it by then. Yeah. They're going to see it and still reject it. But, all right. This is, this is good. Thanks for your questions. Feel free to ask questions. Let me pray for us quickly and we're done. Lord, thanks for our time uh, today and, and for these questions. And Lord, uh, you're, you're sovereign. And uh, so we're thankful for that. Uh, thankful that uh, uh, that we, we can rely on you. Uh, we look anxiously for your son, his return. So it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.